0: Welcome back to Work Actually. Today's episode is an interview with a lady called Kelly Warnell. Kelly is co founder of the Stunt Alliance, which is the world's first dedicated stunt agency. Essentially, they promote, protect, and engage action directors, stunt coordinators, special effects, and master craftspeople did you know that such a job existed? Because I didn't, but it makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense that there's an agency that's protecting the interests and promoting these people. Interestingly though, during the chat, I discovered that there isn't even an award for stunt people at the Oscars, which is pretty unbelievable considering they're in most films that we watch. So this is a topic we discuss and obviously talking about Kelly's role as a film agent and co-founder of these agencies also she has a residency in vegas i mean she also has a day job i mean what is what this girl can't do i don't know but it's a really really fascinating chat especially if you are interested in working in film now obviously film is a really broad industry so there are lots of different jobs available but she really does convey the kind of things you need in order to get that bit further and succeed passion especially being one of them and In a lot of cases, not all of them, but in a lot of cases, a love for film. So, yeah, if you do love film, you're just really nosy about what it's like to work in the industry. Um, Give it a listen and let me know what you think. Please, Kelly, tell me, how did you get involved in setting up an agency that works with stunt people and placing them in films? How did this come about?
1: I, I used to produce live stunts in the city of London. And so, for instance, for the release of the film The Sweeney, we we put on a, um, a car chase and a bank robbery and in the snow and street fights and things like that. So when I say live stunts, I mean actually were happening on the streets and then filmed for DVD launches and that sort of stuff. And I found it really difficult to find stunt people because most of them have Gmail addresses. (laughs) <laughs> there isn't like, a, I just assumed that there would be like a talent agency, I suppose, that would look yeah, at stunt doubles. And, you know, if you want somebody to blow something up, then there would be, you know, a button you could press or you need somebody to make you a sword. or But, but actually, it is really fragmented. It's kind of all over the place and you kind of need to know somebody that knows somebody. Uh, but that was many years before. And then I used, so obviously I used to work in film behind the scenes with producing and and putting things together. And then you get to know different crews for different things. So I worked with visual effects for a while and obviously as a stunt producer for a while. And, um, you know, it just didn't feel like there was a place to go.
0: Mm.
1: But you do become very close friends with obviously the people that you work with. Um, And I think that it isn't wrong for me to say that stunt people are, are a very different breed, I suppose. <laughs> well, they are those. being
0: um paid to be, you know, yeah. <laughs> in the base. Yeah,
1: they're adrenaline junkies, they're you know, they're very interesting characters. They've got many stories, as you can imagine. But yeah. they are the unsung hero uh of film and TV. I mean if you look at things like the Oscars, for which I might add there isn't a stunt category, which I think is terrible. Mm. Um pretty much every film that gets nominated, if you take away the car scenes from Mad Max you don't really have a film, just as an example. So, so they're kind of, um, they're not really acknowledged in any sense. So there is no representation. Uh, there's all sorts of horror stories about accidents where they've just been left, uh, you know, medical bills not paid, responsibility not accepted and so on. And I have a real soft spot, I suppose, for people that I don't feel are treated fairly.
0: Mm. I think I think that's fair to say especially um, I guess uh, in an industry where there is so much money in oh world. yeah
1: yeah 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 so the stunt the stunt scenes tend to happen last after the actors have had the opportunity to do 30 takes <laughs> to say the line wrong <laughs> and all the time you've got some poor lad or lass on the roof mm. going well um, you know am I going and they get like one shot um so it always feels like they're a bit of an afterthought, which isn't fair because there are obviously some people that don't think that way. But it certainly, from my experience, comes across a little bit that way. And obviously I stayed in touch with many of my, um, my, my friends from the stunt world. And then one day our co-founder, Ian, uh, said to me, Kelly, you know, I know you've done some work with management um, representing talent. Would you consider representing me? And at the time I was working with a Vegas show, Um, I I had a full-time job as a strategist uh, in the film industry and I said listen if I'm reaching out to every film and every production and every TV show and every music video or whatever to try and get work for one person then obviously once once you've got the job then it's like what? you know i don't really have anything else to do and there's all that effort that's kind of been put into it but only sort of once you're on a job for six months you're on a job for six months and and that's it i said so unfortunately i'm not going to be able to put the time forward to be able to to be able to help Uh, I said but you know keep me in touch and if you need anything obviously shout and you know just as a passing comment I was like and obviously if there was lots of people you know and and all sorts of different people that didn't compete with each other and didn't conflict then then maybe we could look at it again and then probably about six months later maybe a bit longer Ian said right well I've got people I said what (laughs) and and he said oh I've got people yeah um you know we've got an underwater coordinator we've got you know vehicular specialist we've got horse masters and I was like oh
0: right okay so we're doing it then and we did it so um you mentioned there because you, you think of stunt people and I automatically think of someone you know rolling down out of a burning building or or someone being exploded but actually there's so many different disciplines in that field from doing this research and you know, real master craftspeople people in certain areas, like you say, underwater specialists and weaponry and horse experts. And there's so many that you don't realise. Obviously, the level of skill needed is massive.
1: Oh, it's unbelievable. So um, one thing that we don't do, I should say we have a network, but we don't actually represent stunt performers. A lot of our guys have been stunt performers earlier in their career and, you know, occasionally do still do stuff. But, you know, they're sort of 20, 30 years in uh, and they're no longer really performing. They're more sort of designing the action, choreographing the action, overseeing the safety, you know. So in film, there's something that is called the second unit, which I won't go too much into because, you know, it's boring for people that aren't actually in... The world of production, but the second unit is where um, is where anything like uh, action or prosthetics or anything like that kind of sits. That isn't the main unit of actors, so it's not the stars. It's it, it's where it's where the other things kind of happen. So right. our guys all fall under the second unit. So we have second unit directors, stunt coordinators. Um, assistant stunt coordinators but then more specifically we have like the the science side like the engineering side of stunt rigging um, which is kind of when you see people throw you know thrown out of a building it's the way that they fall with the wires safely Mm -hmm. you know we have we have people that sort of specialize and, and live in you know Bucharest up in the in the snow mountains that can do the action with snowmobiles and Um, And a lot of the time, it's how the camera sees the action. It isn't just, you know, performing. It's how you capture it. Yeah. So uh, we've got everything now that's from aerial coordinators that provides the planes, the pilots, the drones that produce anything that's in the air. Uh, And our guy Stephen worked on Dunkirk and Jurassic World and he's he's just done
0: Bond. Blockbusters.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, well, they all are. I mean, that's the other thing, is that when Ian um, started putting people together, we kind of said, listen, there have to be people that are, You know, if there isn't anybody else with with talent agents, then they have to be like rightfully people with talent agents. They can't just be pals, Mm. you know. So we went through a whole process of looking at different, um, different people that wanted to be represented that maybe weren't quite there yet or didn't offer something new. To the agency or competed too closely with uh, you know with one of the other guys there's no point in having people up against each other that we're trying to get work for so we've, we've got the aerial stuff we we have like i said we have horse masters and i'm um, trying to think of it's like so so troy things like that for example where you've got the the spear being thrown at the horses and you know the, the mass battles and things
0: so you worked in film you said as a film strategist going right back how did you? enter the film industry because there'll be people listening that would love to work in the film industry you know it looks very glamorous very exciting one tell us if that is the case and two how did you get into it then if you go right back to the start of your career
1: well I think for me I fell in love with film as a little girl I I, it was my church my dad was a fireman probably makes sense considering I am I have turned out the way I have and uh, we used to have really special time where he had his days off and I would really worry about him you know uh, not to get into the child psychology but you know I I had been on the back of the fire truck and seen my dad going into fires and things and thought oh, it was wow. great And I think then one day I saw backdrop and I thought oh god you <laughs> can actually die yeah <laughs> Dude, and, and that really affected me so um whenever i had some spare time with my dad he would walk me hand in hand to the cinema and we would sit and watch a film and we would time travel you know we would be we would be with the dinosaurs or we would be detectives or we would be you know whatever and um it, it for me it was sort of a couple of hours in the day where where you could be anywhere and be anything at any time right so i fell in love with film as a little girl uh, and I think it was always what I wanted to do. And then, the, I, you know, I wanted to work in film. I, mm. I wanted to be behind the scenes and I successfully was behind the scenes. Uh, but then probably back in 2008, 2009, I had uh, a small child and my husband at the time had an injury playing rugby. Um, he had a stroke, he, he was mm. um, had a head-on collision and I became a single mum. And uh, it's not possible then. to to travel around the world and do six months here and three months there uh, and whatever else, I needed to be able to do the school run. And so I explored for a while different options, took on many different projects, and then realized that because I know film inside and out, that what I could do was understand an audience. And I could understand what, if you have 12 films releasing at one time, what it would be that would make you go and watch that film as opposed mm. to those films. Right. And then because of my knowledge of all of the different side of productions, I, I was able to kind of start looking at, at the mind of, of somebody and what would disrupt somebody's mindset enough to make them go, that's the film I want to go and watch. You know Yeah, and
0: that's that's very interesting. Now how did you get into film then? So you loved it as a little girl. Did you study film? Yes,
1: I went to university and uh, that's, a, that's a story for another day over drinks, but I ended up doing <laughs> the wrong course. Oh, really? So I wanted to go in and be a film director and I went to an open day and I think I can say this, I, I had a few too many drinks at the open day. Um, is that the
0: open day. <laughs> yeah. Well, no,
1: no. I should explain, really, right? So, my mum was a school teacher. This is going to sound terrible, though. But there you go. My mum was a school teacher. She was very education, education, education. I always knew from birth that I was going to go to university because of that. I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. it's Drummed in. And I
1: wanted to be a film director, and I'd been I'd done some stuff with Shane Meadows, who's oh, wow. he went to my college. Oh, and really? That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, he was a bit of a hero of ours. And, what college uh, was that? Stafford College. Mm. Uh, I, I don't have a slogan to throw at you for that, but I'm sure it's still lovely. So I wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to direct, I wanted to write. And then <laughs> uh, we went to all of the open days, but the, I, it was back in the days where you always used to take a best friend. You would yeah. you'd take your best friend to your open day. Oh, you would definitely. do your open day, and then you would have a drink in the evening, stay over, and then you'd come back. So, so the university that I ended up at was so far away that we had to go the night before to get there in time.
0: Okay, where was the it?
1: Day in the morning. Uh, Plymouth, Plymouth, so mm-hmm. very far away down, from where yeah. I was in the in the West Midlands. and um, And so we went the night before instead of... Going to see where bed. this story's going. <laughs> yeah, and it, it just it just got a little bit rowdy, and it ended up being sort of an all night um adventure. uh And and I was uh, by the time it came to the open day, uh, there was nothing left. I'll put it this way: I took a small bonsai tree with me that I had named Mister Miyagi, and my best friend <laughs> was with me, and we had coleslaw in our hair. So that that's true story.
0: Um, you know and, the and um, of a good night when you've got coleslaw in your hair
1: yeah 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 and one contact lens I
0: had one
1: yeah and then took absolutely nothing in I mean absolutely nothing in you know what it's like when you you know all you really need is some salted crisps Mm. and, and orange juice and um I I just nothing went in so I went home and and my mum would sit and say so Kelly tell me about this tell me about what were the teachers like what was the course like and I was like, oh, normally I would have an opinion. i go, oh, I like this, but I didn't like this. But with, with Plymouth, I had n- nothing. I had nothing. And what you can't say to your mum at that age is, do you know what? I had a really <laughs> heavy night. I can't tell you a single thing about the open day that I went to. So I, I over-egged it. I was I'm like, oh, my, it's amazing. It's got, the course is fabulous. It's, you know, it's, it's a really lovely time. And I talked myself into going to this oh, God university. God bless and then I turned up on the first day and realised I'd enrolled myself into essentially what was a computer science, <gasps> um, CGI, visual effects for film. Oh,
0: it's a completely board. different discipline, really. Completely,
1: isn't it, it yeah. was a
0: science.
1: Yeah, uh, BSc rather than a BA,
0: and that's uh, a big and clue. Everyone
1: <laughs> around me could like talk to computers. I actually had a
0: similar experience. I actually studied film, funny enough, but not with the desire to be a film director. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I took, we had to take an extra module and I took computer science because on a night out, someone told me it was easy. So I was like, all right, okay, I'll do it. And to be fair, the first class (laughs) was easy. They said, put this, underline this bit of text, put it in bold. And I thought, God, this is gonna be easy like literally cut to a week later and it was like learning another language java well, exactly exactly so i
1: i then found myself on a on a course <clears throat> that i couldn't do <laughs> <laughs> I was like, everybody else around me was like and i was like i i don't know any of this um so i had to kind of make friends I suppose with people that could help me
0: mm. uh, so I would, throw,
1: I would throw a, a, a great house party <laughs> uh, and I worked as a PR in a nightclub so I had certain barter skills mm. um, <laughs> that I was able to get people to help me with and but but even then I kind of came out and like you know could create a designer saw wiring for Jurassic Park and then you go and try and get a job and they go,
0: yeah, but can you make tea? And so you, know, you stuck with this course, doing VFX or, or CGI. What, what did you say it was called? The Media. So it's called Media Lab Arts. It's a,
1: okay. it's a science um, and it's sort of the, the computer side of filmmaking. Yeah. Um, with sort of programmes like Soft Image and things like that. But by the time I got out of university, it, it was so new at the time, mm. that anything that you had learned had become kind of obsolete oh. uh, because things move on. But also, I didn't make it all the way to the end of that course. I, I moved over to the 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 straight arts mm. uh, and film course, and start, weirdly started doing underwater photography. Don't ask. I mean, oh I God. I was confused. I was a confused teenager. What was the experience I
0: was, though that you had?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and then, then I decided I was going to be the first female deep diving underwater <laughs> photographer. Uh, and I did, uh, I did some work experience at the, the National Marine Aquarium and then had the opportunity to go and work with a really top of his game um, underwater photographer, uh, just passing the equipment with tiger sharks. And then I realised very quickly that when I was in the water that I didn't really want to do that in the water no breathing. so um so so that was a no so basically i think what i did was work my way around the entire film industry going oh like, yeah i'm going to do that and then going no no can't yeah, do that, that will
0: have put you in such a good position <laughs> understanding it. and also what incredible experiences to go from oh my god i'm on this course where i'm learning computer science to, oh my god i'm underwater with the you know one of the world's best underwater yeah.
1: Frozen. (laughs) Absolutely frozen. So, yes, I think in answer to your question, it could well have been a bit of a process of elimination with me, I think. And also to anybody that's kind of, you know, listening and and wants to know how to get into film. For me, I mean, there's some people that are just genuinely very talented, right? Uh, And they'll find their way. They'll find their way because what the world needs, what the film world needs is talent uh, and ability. I was not the person with the talent and ability. I was the person that didn't mind asking. I was the mm. person with the big mouth and the right intentions. Because bear in mind, as I told you, I love film. I, I love film. You've got
0: passion, uh, which comes
1: across now. So I think mine was more desire to work in the film industry. To it's, you know, so it, it was a motivation and and just sheer. Being a bit cheeky, you know, <laughs> trying to take the opportunities wherever possible.
0: Yeah.
1: But I, if 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 a, if an adventure was ever presented to me and it was like oh that you know this is a sensible thing to do or this is a ridiculous thing to do yes or no it would always been the ridiculous thing that I would have said yes to <laughs> uh, and you know and because of that I've lived a life filled with. Very extreme ups and downs, um, great adventures, great losses, and have learned along the way a few things that has meant that I can wear many hats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's um, I think that that's that's probably it. But I would always try and air towards the talented side <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rather than the, rather than the just you know sheer. Uh don't don't take no for an answer kind but of I side
0: because the film industry is so vast and, and we've touched upon all the different um, sides of it in just stunt but there is a talent in being able to offer yourself up for different roles and experiences and if you have that can-do attitude you will go further I think than someone who perhaps stands back on the sidelines because it is competitive isn't it?
1: Oh, it's very competitive you know there are many like me that are just a menace because this is a my eye patch is not uh a, I'm not cosplaying with you right now and neither am I
0: Kelly is wearing an incredible eye patch isn't <laughs> it yeah. so uh, I, I I have an eye
1: patch um and I I always have very different colored hair yeah
0: um, at the it's a gorgeous like lilac Green uh, yes, it was green
1: not long ago. I'm covered in tattoos, as you can see, um and piercings on my face that are quite vis- visible. I, I sound like one of those kind of lizard people, don't I? I'm not like <laughs> it's um, you're not that. you're no, not, that. No. You do look uh, fantastic. Uh, thank you. Because of that, and i don 't know whether the eye patch was obviously due to um, due to surgery and me now being visually impaired in my right eye, but everything else kind of has always been there you know i 've always been somebody that 's realized that if you 're in a competitive space and there is two hundred people in a room that are all trying to get what you want be that be the one that people remember mm. you know be be the one. That at the end of the night, people will go, oh, I met this girl. So it's no accident that I look like I should be in the corner playing with crayons. Um, <laughs> you know, and I inevitably am always in a room filled with suits. Yeah. Uh, and people that are trying to show who they can be. I'm always who I am. Yeah. There's, there's never crazy. any, you know, I I look like this if I'm at a meeting in Hollywood with, the, you know, one of the studios, and I look like this, if I'm playing swing ball in the garden, but, <laughs> but I don't, I don't change myself for anybody, and I think
0: that that's an important message mm. um, for. Well, young actually, I, I did an into the with a lady yesterday who like you, but in the world of sport, you know, just worked her way up and up trying lots of different opportunities. And then she's a a sports broadcaster and went to Sky and found that she was being asked to change, you know, change the way she looked.
1: No, leave the the job.
0: Yeah, she realized quite quickly, this isn't me. I'm I'm moving on.
1: Yeah. If anybody asks you to be somebody that you don't want to be, leave the job. Mm. Um, because what you'll find after a very long period of being miserable and hiding who you truly are is that you've wasted a lot of time in the wrong direction. Mm. If people can't accept you for who you are, then they're not really worth your time but yes so it is no accident that I I look like um you know something that's just popped out of a party popper
0: um <laughs> that's a good one actually say, it's true it's though great. It's right. like, you're colorful you're, colourful, you're vibrant you know like you say why be in a boring suit you know why uh, the same as everyone else well
1: well listen I, I don't say if you want to be a financial advisor <laughs> you, you know you want well, to know why not a bank. Uh, do you know what I mean? That you that you should have purple hair and face piercings and cuttings. I, I mean, I don't think that there should be a problem with that, but I, I suspect if you're the kind of person that wants to do that, then you shouldn't really be looking like I look. But listen, if you work in the film industry, if you work in a creative industry, or specifically as we're talking about now, the stunt world, you don't need to you don't need to put on your church suit. You know, you do, nobody expects that from you. And, and if they do expect that from you, then they're probably in the wrong job. Mm. You know, they probably came from somewhere where they didn't love film. So there's a lot of, what I will say is that there are a lot of people that work in the film industry that didn't grow up loving film. Mm. You know, that they went into another career, they went into another job, and then accidentally fell into film. I, I was born. Knowing that I wanted to work in the film industry, that's never changed. You know that, that that's never been anything that I've ever questioned. Uh, and because of that, I I I was built the way that I am. But you will notice that if you're trying to work your way up the film industry, there are a lot of people that you think, do you know what? You'd probably be better working in a bank mm. or you know something else. Um, you,
0: need, you need those people as well in an industry like of that.
1: You do. you do if you had listen if you had a hundred people like me working in a company you'd never get anything done <laughs> because I I will I will wait for a thunderclap moment of creativity or I will be thinking how can we get one of our guys on this film or how who do we know that knows somebody that's working this way or what can we do differently to make sure that our people stand up stand out and then with the second agency that we have, um, which is Screen Masters International, which represents directors, film directors, uh, producers and, and writers uh, at, the, at the high end of the film industry, it's always the question of the other way, you know, how do we get this financed? How do we make sure that we've got writers for this film or this TV show that will push the button with the main distributors or the main studios, the Netflixes of the world, the Amazons of the world. So what I do, that there are many, 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 many different hats that have to be worn. Um, but that's because we're, we're, you know, ultimately we're small companies, you know, we're not Disney.
0: Talk us through a typical day for you then. I'm well, happy. A typical, typical day
1: for me today, um, We're we're actually auditioning for a feature film that we're shooting in July in London. How are you auditioning um, if we're in lockdown? We're, 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 we're Zoom auditioning, uh, oh, which yeah. is the new way. <laughs> of uh, cool. I've, got our, I've got our director locked away in a room with a computer set up and we've, um, we've shortlisted all of the talent and uh, she's, she's setting her exercises as we speak in another room, getting down to next rounds for this film that's shooting in July.
0: And this, is uh, so, film that, this isn't just something uh, a writer or director you're representing, this is actually something you're involved in, yourself? Oh yes, 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 yes,
1: so um, I'm, I'm one of the exec producers on this film. And the great thing about this film actually, and the reason why I'm involved in not just uh, an agent capacity, uh, is that it, we're doing it, it was written during this time. And it was written during this time so that it could work with social distancing when it was being filmed. And it was written to restart the British film industry, give 30 speaking roles to unknown actors who Mm. will really have been suffering during this time Mm. alongside some you know some fabulous sort of award-winning cast and and, and crew that are kind of coming on board but the the lovely thing about it and the the thing that really tugged at my heartstrings is that the profits are all going to go to to charity at the end of it Uh, and the director has financed this herself out of her own bank oh wow um, so what a project to be involved in when you can't do anything else. But the it sounds like for.
0: it's been written and you're already auditioning and it's going to be filmed in just a few months. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So so
1: when, when you're working at the level that we're working at, um, things happen very quickly. So, you know, there's no big wheels to turn. It's like we've got the money, we've got the script, find the cast, find the locations, find the crew, go. And do do love
0: that, that kind of, cool. of process.
1: You can probably tell already from my personality that I love that kind of process. Um, I I find I find it very tedious having to deal with the hoops you know that are thrown at you by the bigger machines. I love it, uh, and and obviously they're the things that you want to be working on the big things that everyone knows that you know that are, are trending on Twitter and, and whatever else. But actually being able to work on a, a really fun script with new talent. Promoting, it's basically, the film's like a love letter to London. It's um, it, it showcases great parts. Uh, being able to help charity uh, and obviously being proud enough to be able to say, you know, that's our talent that's doing it. Uh, that, that's great. That's the sort of stuff that you that you dream of doing so yes uh so that's that's today um i'm also one of our directors is down to the last two uh on directing a netflix film so we've been going through scenarios and and presentation and scripts with him And then, you know, every day. So how it works as a a talent agent for the stunt world is we get sent lists of every single production, TV uh, and film in the UK and in the US. And that list will have the line producers, um, details and so on and so forth. Uh, And that has a little bit been halted because obviously all of the productions are halted. But just now they're starting to come back. So we'll we'll start reaching out um, and try and get our guys work although weirdly they were all on work and then it stopped and now we're waiting to see when they can start again. Yeah. So we have, we're an all-female agency. Oh, agency. really?
0: Oh, brilliant.
1: That, I mean, that we didn't do that because, you know, we, we're burning our bras and hating men or anything like <laughs> that. It's just the way it worked out because when I knew that we needed to, to crew up, because clearly I can't represent all of those people on my own, I reached out to the people that I was most confident that had the personality to do what we need to do that had the right drive to do what we needed to do and it just so happened that they were all women and, and all female. you don't females.
0: represent just women You're no 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 yeah, in yeah. fact
1: in fact it's a, it's a bit of a sausage fest at the moment yeah. um, <laughs> and, and that, that again is right so the other thing about the stunt world and actually the film world in general is that we have found it quite hard to to find females that are at a level that aren't just performing anymore because all of the other guys have got 20 30 years experience they've got hundreds of credits in film and more often than not it's hard to find women that are at that level that have been given the opportunity Mm. to be a stunt coordinator um, or have been given the opportunity to lead a crew or or you know they're coming up so we actually only have one female in the stunt alliance, and she was the first female allowed to to work as a stunt coordinator in Pakistan, for instance. do so, hey. so you know, in the territory, which is um, you know, it's a big thing. It's a big thing yeah. for women in general. But uh, when when you're talking mainstream, I mean, more so now. I mean, you've got obviously the fabulous Zoe Bell, Tarantino kind of world, uh, and certainly in America, there's a lot more fabulous um females that have been given opportunities but you know there's a couple of there's a couple of women in in this country we want there to be more and we want there to be more opportunities uh, and then in the in screen masters international we have one female also but I, sadly i think that that's quite reflective of of where we're at uh, also um i would say i would say the same thing for people of color We, you know, we we have two people of colour in the Stunt Alliance and one, no, two in Screen Masters International. And obviously we work very closely with our clients. They're like family. And the stories that you hear, actually, are heartbreaking um, frequently when you talk about opportunity and doors open. Yeah. Uh, It's almost like you have to work harder, smarter, faster,
0: stronger. I think I just um, turned into
1: Daft Punk. I do Um, (laughs) apologise. Yeah, but, you know, to, to for that door to open, you kind of, you know, you have to work a bit harder, I think. if you're, Is it changing? You're Do you see
0: any change? You've been in the industry for a while now. Is it moving forward? I mean,
1: I'm only 21. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have actually been, uh, I've been working in the film industry now for over 20 years. That, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Oh, it sounds oh, impressive. Um, yes, so uh, the, the, a lot of changes. A lot of changes on what's acceptable. I mean, obviously, you can't miss the news, uh, what's been going on um, in terms oh, of diversity. Well, yeah. A lot of doors have opened in the past few years. Is it where it needs to be? No. You know, should it be about how talented you are, not what gender you are, what colour you are? Yes. Uh, but we're not there yet but you know what I think that there is a genuine I think there's a genuine desire to make it that way I think I think I think um, apart from a few exceptions of people I've come across uh, I think that most people want it to be about talent want it to be about the end product uh, and that is that's hope right there. Talking
0: about opportunity I guess with the now rise in different platforms that allow people to create, you know, even the likes of YouTube that allow people to go on and actually create their own things and not just sending, you know, demos or or show reels out to to Mm -hmm. anyone and everyone. You know, it's that opportunity, I guess, on one on one side. And if you were talking to a young person at school now looking to get into the film industry would you be encouraging you know just be as creative as possible and get yourself out there mm. it's a difficult one without wanting to kind of get on the soapbox
1: and start chatting there used to be a fairly simple selection process for this industry you had to be good or you had to you had to have a talent mm-hmm. Uh, Or you had to be like me and just be a menace. Because it was hard, right? You would have to go and sit outside somebody's office. You know, you you would have to. I I once remember trying to get a film director to to work on a project of mine, flying over to Ireland, having found out where he
0: lived, and (laughs) sitting outside his house all day, waiting for him to come home. Because now you just bombard him on Twitter or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah right? So so I'm not saying it's easier because the thing is there's so many people, so many people and they all think that they want to work in the film industry. Mm-hmm. They all think that they want to, well, no, actually, I don't think they do. I think that they all want to be famous, which is a bit of a worry when you, you kind of see the levels of, of attention that's craved by seeking followers and mm-hmm. seeking, you know, instant gratification for the way you look or how silly you are
0: or and you're a mother, so you, you obviously can see it from a child's point of view as well. Well, I've got an 18-year-old. I shouldn't say that either, should
1: I, based on the fact I'm 21, as we've discussed. Uh, I've got an 18-year-old, um, and he's, a, he's, um, he's about to go to university to become a photographer a stunt photographer hopefully oh wow um yeah the the guys are training him up so that he can anyway nothing to do that but I also have my stepchildren are 10 11 and 20 so I see the difference between the 20 year old and the 18 year old and the 10 year old and the 11 year old um and it's it's incredible I mean uh I worry I do worry uh and I think that the the ability to be able to to be silly and to kind of look for attention on the internet uh, is something that, good God, if I'd have had TikTok when I was 11 years old.
0: I can't even imagine. Can you get it now? I really want to
1: watch just, it. <laughs> because once you've done it, right? <laughs> You can it's there, it's yeah. out on the internet. I mean, I was the person that used to have neon bows in my hair and used to sing when I was walking around Sainsbury's, like <laughs> a musical I feel like child. you'd still do nobody that wants, Nobody wants to see that, do you know what I mean? And once you've done it, it's out there. I think that it's lovely for people to be able to make their own films and load them up and the really talented people, you know hopefully will be found but there's kind of this big sea of nonsense
0: Mm.
1: out there Uh, and it tends to be that that people get notoriety or fame for rather than actually being genuinely extremely talented Mm. And, and so I don't I don't I don't I see the changes but I don't know how it will affect things because I see these fantastic animators that are able to now send their short films to Disney and get picked up and you think that's amazing that is amazing because that person might not have had a shot to get through that door before. But then how do you find that in amongst 6 million videos of, you know, people doing TikTok dances? I mean, it's, which is fine. It's lovely. And we all need that light entertainment now. But it's so saturated. Uh, there's so much content that I don't really know how if you were the person that was looking for the talent how you'd find it and inevitably now this sounds terrible but I I will say it inevitably people that are looking for talent are quite lazy they kind of look for well do you know anyone do you know anyone have I got a friend that knows anyone yeah and that tends to be kind of it is still a little bit who you know
0: yeah or who you trust or who you've worked with before so would you suggest, I mean, you did a lot of just contact building, I guess, just putting yourself out there. You said you threw good parties, just meeting people, being open to just meeting people from different walks of life. and
1: I think no harm can ever come from talking to people. Mm. and I think that you know most creatives are shy and that is understandable most of us appear to be extroverts but are actual you know crippling introverts you know uh, and 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 know, you know they have a conversation with themselves outside the party going don't do anything stupid don't say anything stupid uh and there, you know there is a sense that there's a room full of people kind of what do I say what should I say how should I be but Honestly, I've never found just talking to people. Um, just talking to people, connecting with people. The more people that you talk to, the more creatives that you connect with, the easier it becomes. And then the wider your network becomes. So if you if you need a writer, you can go. Well, I'm going to ask this guy if he's ever worked with anyone. I tell you what. Th- what will happen is if, if you have conversations, you're more likely to make those connections. If you don't, then you have no chance. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's an email is is as cold as it comes. A phone call is as cold as it comes. But if you've shared a volument with somebody at a party at some stage and said hello, and been nice. You know, you don't want to be that person that bowls over and interrupts conversations, oh, no! And is like, look at me. But if you can find a way to connect with people, then that's the key, I, I would say.
0: Uh, at the start of the chat, you talked about how even Hollywood doesn't recognize stunt. No. As, as right. artists or, or ones they, they think should be awarded. I mean, if you think about the sheer number of awards actually at the Oscars, often we just see the highlights, but there are lots of smaller awards, well, not smaller awards, but awards for what you say the costume, um, makeup. Yeah, makeup exactly. Makeup, yeah. Pets, yeah. So um, why aren't they included? Uh,
1: everybody's got their own theories on this. Uh, I have mine, but I don't know whether I would dare to say it in an interview like this. Um, and I have had very frank conversations with people at the top end about it and been disgusted with the responses. So is I will... It, is I will, it that
0: there's snootiness around the
1: art? Uh, well, so there's all sorts of... I tell you the excuses and you can make you can make your own mind yeah, up whether... Um, so the, the first set of excuses were used to be, it ruins the illusion of film. Because when you're watching a film, you want to believe that it's the lead actor that's right. doing that. Um, And it kind of breaks the wall if you realise that actually the hero that you've been obsessing over isn't actually the real hero.
0: Surely Um, you could say that for VFX, couldn't you? It ruins the illusion.
1: And and this is why uh, I said this is one of the excuses, because it is an excuse, because you can't then have an award for visual effects, which obviously basically says that everything that you've just seen wasn't real yeah so then so then it came down to kind of well we don't want to promote stuff that's risk-based right that's dangerous that people I mean people die all the time uh in film and tv because yeah. um because of, of of these sorts of things and and then it became kind of a we don't want to encourage the risk side of of filmmaking. That's obviously also nonsense because Mm -hmm. if that's the case, don't have stunts in your films and you'll find that every single film that anyone watches now or any TV show watches now, there won't be any that don't have at least one, two, five, 20, a hundred stunt people in. So, so that, that doesn't, sit right either i suspect i suspect based on the conversations that i have had that it's a level of snobbery mm. people assume that stunt people are a certain way and i can tell you now that all of the people that we represent i would very happily put them on stage to talk about the art and science behind engineering stunts uh behind creating um it
0: really is an movement. art and science isn't it it's
1: well we have we have one guy um, our rigger uh, Dave Judge he used to be an engineer uh, yeah. you know he so he the 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 dream sequence in Inception I don't know whether you would have seen it um, where they're in the corridor yes um, and they're fighting you know that that's something that he put together now that's that's not some dumb sweary stunt guy that that's somebody that's well educated that's well spoken that's a scientist ultimately when you look at it uh you can't you you can't assume that people are like that because because they by nature are are able to put themselves forward to do brave exciting creative things that that they they ultimately are prepared to pay a price for that other people aren't um it's it's very sad it's very sad that there is no it's nice that um so Brad Pitt you might have seen uh the oscars last year was the first person that kind of uh, as an a list actor stood on stage and said the stunt people should be getting an award okay. uh, behind the scenes obviously a lot of people support the movement there's a great there's a great um uh, stand up for stunts support group that are kind of campaigning for that which we would obviously wholly support hopefully it will change uh, hopefully having an a-list actor on stage talking about his role as a hollywood stuntman and collecting a, a, an oscar for playing a stunt person but there isn't an oscar for <laughs> <Yeah. stunt> people, <laughs> will make people sort of step back and go well that's a bit mm. that's a bit off mm. that's a bit silly But who knows?
0: If someone wants to get into your line of work, whether that's you obviously want to attract more talent in the stunt industry, I guess, um, but also people that want to help become an agent or, or manage that talent or, you know, just be involved in film in some way that helps get productions off the ground. Um, You have so much experience in that. What do you suggest or where do you suggest people go to find more information?
1: We're we're always happy to give advice and, you know, try try and mentor and help people. I mean, there's certainly that element. When it comes to being an agent in general, there's good agents and there's bad agents. uh, And I think that that's the same in every profession. I think that you have to be very passionate Uh, about the people that you work with. We call our guys family because we genuinely love them and we genuinely want what's best for them. And that's how we're able to negotiate with people. That's how we're able to um, look at what's best for them, their families, their situations. Uh, And specifically who's right for that film because we also you don't want to send the wrong person to a job and it not be successful or you know the company to be not be happy and and your clients to not be happy so there's a, there's elements of judgment that you need I think care enough would be the only would be the only thing with the experience that I've had is the most important thing is care enough about your people care enough about what you're putting them forward through. And then kind of it becomes easier when you have to do the, the many emails and the, the phone calls that are difficult. And, you know, you have to be prepared to be sat in your onesie eating pizza and having a film director call you and you immediately throwing your pizza across the room, <laughs> for instance. Um, you know, it's, it's for, for specifically for us, it's not a nine to five. Yeah, because we work with LA, uh, you know, we work with India, we work with China, uh, we work with people all over the world, which means, you know, you can't shut off. If mm-hmm. if it's the difference between one of your guys getting a job and not getting a job, then you have to be 24-7. Um, we're in a, fortunately, in the world now where we can communicate fairly constantly. I mean, we have a WhatsApp group with all of our guys where we're able to kind of throw out who can do this, you know, who wants to do this. Um, How do
0: you choose if three people come back saying me?
1: We don't choose. We don't choose. Um, we, We look at the role. We look at the film. We look at the expertise. And then if all three of them want to do it and are relevant for it, we send all three and say, pick one okay because that's like choosing between your children yeah um we wouldn't be representing them if we didn't think that they were all equally as talented Mm. Uh, a lot of the time it doesn't happen like that because a lot of the time it will because we have we have clients in South Africa Australia Europe uh, America Canada here in the UK so a lot of the time it's like well where is it or you know it might be the next big underwater film and then we send in the frog squad and Jason Martin, our underwater photographer. It might be something that, you know, it, it requires a load of aerial work and planes. So we send in our, our aerial coordinator. I mean, you know, the, the, the thing is with our agency is that we've been very careful not to overlap. So we've got everything from divers, boats, planes, pilots, Horse masters, weapons, ma- you know, weapons masters, um, vehicular guys, uh, fight choreos. Arguably, the most qualified health and safety guy in the in Europe. All of the different elements that it takes to put together an action sequence for a film, you know, you, you can kind of pick them out. We also have visual effects and and, and special effects. So if you want a monster creating for your film, then it, you know it's an easy pick. But I don't think that that's the case with every agency. I think that that's probably how we structured ours so that we've always got an answer and that you don't have that kind of, oh God, but we've got 10 people and they all could go for this. Who do we pick? We didn't want to do that because it's kind of counterproductive for our business model. You know, We, we tend to have duplicates in case... Somebody needs
0: do you get to travel um, to the different film sets? Do you ever go and visit and see them in action literally um, we, we have done
1: we have done, and it was terrifying <laughs>
0: because
1: <laughs> obviously you kind of stand in front of what 's about to happen and think, oh, it, it makes it very real, but like I said, our guys don 't do the stunts, but that you, you watch them yeah you, know, you watch them prepping and you You start to feel sort of anxious for what's about to happen. We we do get called out. It's mainly when we travel, it's to go to studios or to meet with bosses that we're trying to promote and raise profile for. And certainly with our our directors and writers, we get more involved uh, in their films because ultimately we're trying to find ways to finance them. Uh, You know, we're trying to build the project. So we end up taking a kind of producer role in that stuff so we're a lot more involved in the in the screen master's side we tend to leave the leave the big boys in their toys <laughs> to get on with with what they with what they do on the. and is that the,
0: um global travel literally anywhere and everywhere if that i mean they, they work everywhere they work everywhere
1: i mean I, I i'm always extremely jealous of our underwater team because you <laughs> usually they get to go to lovely places like mauritius and mm. thailand and you know you'll speak to them and it'll be pouring of rain in London you'll you'll be stuck on a commuter train with somebody's armpit in your face um you know waiting to kind of yeah I haven't
0: missed that at all
1: nobody nobody's missed that right so uh, and then I'll be on the phone and be like oh so where are you and I'm just just laying on a beach in Mauritius waiting for the shoot think? ah I definitely should have stuck with the underwater photography yeah
0: but you know but, that um, would find you in the middle of the Atlantic in winter if you had. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, but
1: I mean, I, they're very. I think that they're quite choosy our guys about. What, what
0: they yeah, it's, why not
1: It yeah. always seems to be somewhere with you know crystal waters, and yeah, corals, and but then you know sharks. So uh fair play to them You mm. know, we've got some fabulous images of them just in the water, like surrounded by fins, and you think no 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 none
0: of that oh it's been so great to hear more about um not just the stunt alliance but yeah all the different things you do because you also have had residency shows in vegas
1: yeah well no so 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 we we have one agreed in las vegas which is fabulous that's got 26 circus variety comedy acts illusionists daredevils how did that come about how did that come about (laughs) I did some work with some circus people who were going over to Las Vegas and were like, why don't you join us? You know, we we could really use a producer to kind of have our side because again, Vegas is another place where talent is not always treated in the best way, shall we say. So I kind of went along and ended up producing on a on a small show so I got a call some years later saying uh we know that you're creative we know that all of the acts really like you and respond to you could you have a think about writing one and they really like that one so then I spent some time working with the hotel guys working with the acts kind of putting it all together and that you know I think Cirque du Soleil took 10 years to, to get their show over there and oh, we were I certainly doing it very quickly
0: oh. um,
1: and we got to a point where we had a residency agreed and um, you know we had the finance in place we were ready to go and then going back to the eye patch I had to have um, I had to have brain surgery and it was kind of life-saving brain surgery I had to have my brain cut in half indeed oh, wow. um, and, uh, and we had to down tools um, obviously and then I, I had a lot of recovery time so when I I first woke up from the operation I couldn't see anything couldn't really move um and I couldn't really hear very well which is not it's not ideal for a producer (laughs) so so, um so I had a bit of a recovery process and then obviously by the time you recover you know it it, it was set back so then we started going again and then um I won't mention names but somebody took over the stage that we needed uh, for our show and then refused to leave when it came time for mm. our contract to start. So, uh, so yes, we, we now have a great opportunity with the Vegas show, which sounds terrible, but obviously with all of this that's happened, Vegas has had to shut completely, as you can imagine, because the City of Sin cannot have Sin currently and... Mm has been completely empty. And when you're looking at a town like Vegas that is entirely reliant on tourism, there is really no locals in Vegas, apart from people that come over from LA. So that's kind of in real jeopardy now. And we know that a lot of the shows that previously were in venues that we really wanted to take our show are now no longer. Mm. So when all of this kind of lifts, we're now in a situation where we have two events um, a Halloween ball that that we 're trying to help with, uh, and the residency show and a valentine 's ball that we're we're trying to put together and we now have investment to do so and hopefully we will have venues that now need need us more than more than ever. That's another watch this space. We'll uh, we'll see. So we've got all of these fabulous contortionists and
0: area. Incredible! And how vendors. on earth do you fit this all in?
1: Uh, well, I don't sleep very much. <laughs> uh, <for laughs> I don't know long. how you could. <laughs> uh, do you know? Again, it's it's a passion thing, right? So yeah. all of the all of the acts in the show, I love them. So we have acts in the show that that have been told that they're too old or they're too camp. Or they're too, you know, they're too too chubby. By directors or... Yeah, 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 yeah. And you just think that's how... Ra- I mean, because the, obviously, again, you wouldn't pick these people if you didn't think that they were the most talented in their discipline, right? Um, and also, I will say, even if I do say so myself, it is a cracking show right. and really tests technology. It's, um, it's a choose-your-own-adventure Vegas show where the audience chooses which acts they get to see um so it's you you get to see different characters from all over the world from all over different time periods uh and the audience uh get to get to put it together but I will say we have got some very big stuff that's that's coming up which I'm very excited about providing of course that the the apocalypse doesn't (laughs) last for another 20 years and we're uh you know we're all still playing swing ball in the garden with giant <laughs> biceps
0: well thank you so much kelly um you're very wonderful talking to you and learning about all the different things you do which oh, i know God, we have been even that person
1: am i been that boring person that just at talks
0: all. About you? i just know that we probably haven't even touched upon half half of what you're still doing <laughs>
1: No, actually, I don't think we have, but that's did okay. Did you
0: also have a day job where you did before this happened? And it's just, <laughs> how the hell you, you just fit it all in? I have no idea.
1: Well, do you know what? I'm very fortunate that my day job, um, I'm the Global Head of Film, TV and Games for The Independent and The, the Evening Standard. Um, a lot of what I get to do in the day, um, you know, speaking to film distributors who are, you know dear friends colleagues um you know people i admire having the opportunity to work and look at every single film that's coming into the uk for a release and working out how best how best to to market that how best to you know cover that and so on and so forth and then having the opportunity to go to film premieres and and things like that it very much instructs the rest of what I do, mm-hmm. um, so I'm 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 very fortunate that that the two marry very nicely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, hope to see you soon then, out of lockdown, and I really hope that the um, auditions today go well and that gets yeah. off the ground, and you're back yeah. able to shoot in July. Indeed. Well, fingers crossed, eh? Brilliant. Thanks so much, Kelly. Thank you. Really lovely
1: chatting.
0: Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to that chat with Kelly. It was really fascinating from my point of view. I didn't know much about the world of stunt people and yeah how little they're recognized within the industry for the talents that they have so it's great that we've got people like Kelly and the work that she does in helping raise that profile and awareness and looking out for their interests if you want to find out more information do go on to the websites for the Stunt Alliance and Screen Masters International and reach out to Kelly on social media if you are interested in just chatting to her and finding out a bit more about getting into that line of work Our next episode out next week is with the CEO of a charity called Petals. Petals is a charity that looks after women and families that have been through trauma or loss of babies in pregnancy or after birth. So, yeah, the chat is quite emotional at times and very moving and very important for people who perhaps know someone or have been through this experience in just learning a little bit more about what's on offer in terms of support. If you enjoy this podcast, it would be great if you could review it on Apple or Spotify or Android Podcasts and see you next week.